Hi, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of Alice in Wonderland. I'm Vic Philipson, in a partly sunny Christiansand, Norway. And I'm Alice Morrison, and I'm uh, just off the motorway on my way to Casablanca in Morocco. Ooh, that's a place of great mystery. Also, a place of the greatest film ever made. <laughs> well, it, it is an absolutely fantastic film, but rather disappointing. Well, it depends how you look at it. Casablanca is a fantastic modern city. Okay. Um, very, very lively, loads of cultural things going on. It's the head, it's kind of the center of journalism in Morocco. So it's a really lively, bustling, active modern city. But in terms of the romance inspired in people who've seen the film Casablanca, I'm afraid it's slightly lacking because it really is a very modern place. And <laughs> so I you're telling me there's no Rick's Cafe? There is a Rick's Cafe, and I have played the piano in oh. Rick's Cafe. Oh, really? Okay, great. But Rick's Cafe was actually um, a very entrepreneurial enterprise because <laughs> it, was, it was built after the film. I'll and mm -hmm. the person who built it just basically actually has got items from the film set and oh. has modeled it exactly on the film set so it's it's really fun and anyone who goes to Casablanca it's, you really must go the food is also excellent if you stay for dinner um <laughs> but but it but you know it's very obviously it's reminiscent because it, it they based the cafe on the film set yeah, yeah. so it's a case it's a case of life imitating art does everyone have to stand up and sing la marseillaise at least once a night oh or? my goodness i i think we just i think you just should if you go arbitrarily <laughs> even if you're not french i think you just should stand up and sing the marseillaise I, i'm guessing that, that is one of my favorite scenes in the whole of cinema yeah me too i i'm guessing nobody's standing up singing the horse vessel lead <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> no, not not so much. Well, not how so much. And if any, anyone, if anyone's not aware of it, just YouTube um, Casablanca Marseillaise yeah, and you'll watch it. It's a really a, fantastic it scene. It's a wonderful scene. Um, how comes uh, you come to be on the way to Casablanca just for fun and uh, frolic, or? Well, when you're an adventurer, Vic, well, I know. one has to. You know, everything comes it, under the under the title of work even trips to, <laughs> trips up north basically i think since i've come back to work i've had very itchy feet i think having those 10 days of really terrible weather yeah. when i was kind of trapped in the house a little bit have didn't help and of course you know the previous six months of lockdown haven't helped so i i really have got itchy feet and i've been very kindly invited up to rabat for um a do at the embassy by the ambassador so i'm going up to say there for a couple of days and I'm just going to extend I, I don't know the north of Morocco as well as the middle and the south right um and it, I mean it's a huge country so obviously there's lots and lots to discover so I've got a list of smaller places to visit which I'm I'm going to try and knock off so I think it'll be really interesting and just you know when I get there see if there's anywhere open to stay try and keep the budget really low and just uh, enjoy my trip so today I'm thinking I might either, I've never really explored Meknes properly, so I might either go down to Meknes for a night and have a quick explore tomorrow before I head to Rabat, although it's kind of a, you have to double back quite a bit, or I might stay in a place called Mohammedia, which is a very lovely, reputationally quiet place on the coast after Kaza, and it might be quite nice to experience that kind of quieter coastal life, mm -hmm. so we'll see. Not not like going down to Essawara on the... That's pretty touristy, isn't it? 
Yeah, so actually, talking of my itchy feet, I have literally just finished a trip to Essaouira, um, which was really fun. So I was scoping out a little bit. I'd like to cycle down there at some point, but I've discovered that if I do that, I'm going to have to very much take it on the hoof because there aren't any actual official places to stay and it's a long way so it'd be about five days so if I do bike it I'll have to just ask at local shops if anyone can let me stay in their house mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm I'm gurging myself a little bit for that because that's that's quite a lot of you know that's quite a lot of uh mental activity there um <laughs> because you, you you don't know if someone will give you a place and sleeping outside I can always take my sleeping bag and my bivy bag but actually it's not 100% safe, I think, to wild camp as a woman in Morocco um, yeah. off the beaten track. So anyway, but that aside, so I drove down to Esamira, which was amazing. I drove over the hill from Amizmiz, which is this incredible road. I didn't meet a single person on it. And you go, basically, you go straight up and over a mountain. And they're kind of semi-building the road at the moment. So mm-hmm. Toyota Yaris was, was enjoying those hairpin curves on a dirt track. <laughs> But the views were magnificent. And what I like about that area is where I live, it's very green right. in the valley. But this area, the earth is very, very red. So you get these incredible red mountains mm. stretching into the distance, the peaks. And, it, you know, we're still very high. We're over, I mean, I was way over 2,000, probably up to about 2,500 meters at one point. So we're still nice and high. And the air was cool, but you you do get these landscapes which stretch out for miles and miles and miles. Sounds lovely. It was, and then we we got to Es. Well, I we I got to Esamira, and I lived there for a year and a half. So it was a case of catching up with old friends and seeing what's happened in the city. And again, you know, everything at the moment you still, of course, have to take cognizance of Corona. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to see what it's like. So Essaouira normally, normally, and I'm sure anyone who's listening has been, people will have been to Essaouira, is very, very touristy. But it's touristy both for foreigners and also for um, Moroccans. Moroccans, yeah. So, yeah, so it's a Moroccan tourist destination for the summer. People come because the climate is very nice. It's much cooler. So you can, you know, come and enjoy this lovely, cool climate. It's kind of in the mid-20s up to... 30 say Um, and it is it's really lovely and it's got a beautiful beach and it's got you know lots of things for for people to enjoy so Moroccan families come and there's lots of apartments to rent and small hotels and I would say it was about three quarters of its normal fullness pre-corona so that's pretty good it's coming back yeah it is I mean all local tourism I saw I saw very few um, foreign visitors so I would say absolutely primarily local tourism and i mean some of the things are really nice so for example most most people walk along the corniche the the coastal you know the path beside the beach mm-hmm. at night it's all lovely it's all paved and palm trees have been planted and these um beautiful alums so these purple flowers that smell of onions mm-hmm. with the big purple heads mm-hmm. so it's very very picturesque and you you walk along at night and the, because it's right on the west the sun sets over the ocean and there's lots of little stalls. So there's stalls selling popcorn, stalls selling ice cream, stalls <laughs> selling fresh fruit juice, and stalls selling snails. Oh, I didn't know they ate snails. Did they inherit that from the French, or they've always eaten snails? 
I think they've always eaten snails because it's very, very different from the French snails. So here, the snails, they're very little and they come um, in their shells in a spicy soup. So oh. the soup, most people eat them actually in the winter. And if you go to Marrakesh in the big square where all the food stalls are, there's a whole line of snail, snail vendors. <laughs> um, and basically, it's, the, the soup is very, very peppery. So you drink the soup and then you winkle out the little snails. Huh. Uh, so no butter and garlic and that's oh well it sounds good garlic, sounds good i, I love tasty. i love snails i think they're great oh, do and you? you know that's how the romans ate the romans ate them as fast food that you could stop on the on the uh, just on the side of the road and, and they fed them they just find one of a, a snail vendor in uh, the ruins of pompeii kind of a fast huh. food place yes oh well uh, maybe that's where it came from could be could could have come right from uh, from roman times yeah, it could. That's really interesting. I didn't know that about the Romans. I love the thought. Instead of your chicken McNuggets, you have a bit of spicy snail soup. Snail soup. <laughs> I think it's probably much better for you. Yes. Well, no, that's good. And I, one of my days I decided, because I love walking by the beach, so me and my friend Elena, we did a 22-and-a-half-kilometer walk from Essaouira to a restaurant called um, the seagulls and the camels uh -huh. just before city Kauki, and that's right along the coast um very enjoyable but it <laughs> it's quite i mean 22 and a half kilometers it, it's not a really long way but it's enough to make you feel you've walked well, and of course it's, when, <laughs> it's a pretty long way for most folks that's a pretty but, long way <laughs> but when you're walking on sand as well it's like an extra bonus and so i, I was we were really love elena and i after we'd finished we were laughing at ourselves because we i broke it down and it was like the first 5k it's chat 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 catch up pictures <laughs> of the sunrise second 5k it's like more serious chat uh you know deeper stuff mm -hmm. lots and lots of pictures of seagulls mm -hmm. Third 5K, a little bit less chat, um, but, you know, we're still in the zone. We're kind of focusing. And then we had to come off the coast and go up into the hills, which is quite interesting because it's all, it's, it's a, tuya, a tuya wood forest. Mm -hmm. And you get a really big view of the, of the sea. And what I particularly noticed was you'd have big patches of turquoise blue. And then there were huge patches of sand. You could see the sand being disturbed because they were brown, kind of uh, leaking into the blue. So that okay. was quite interesting. Okay. Um, and on that stretch, we met some fishermen. So the, well, fishermen, they're not really fishermen. They, they bring their bicycles or their donkeys down to the coast. There's rocks at this stage. And they, um, they gather mussels to sell Ooh. to the restaurants or um, octopi. So one chap had two octopi in his bag and another one had a huge series of muscles with him and then they the, the donkeys wait on the on the rocks or they park their bike and then they they get back into Essaouira so this was still lots of interest and then we got to the 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 fourth 5k so we're into you know nearly up to 20 kilometers by now <laughs> and then the talking stopped yes <laughs> let's just get there now Let's just get there now. And then the last two K are hilarious because, you know, the talking stopped completely and we just inserted it with like, oh, my foot hurts. Oh, my knee hurts. Oh, I fancy a Coke. And then, of course, you finish and you feel great. But it, I think any long walk you do, there's always a time when you, you know, where there isn't this marvelous, I love hiking, gives way to, oh, I really wish we were there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. 
Well, who's who's watching uh, uh, Squeaky the Cat? What's she up Squeaky. to? Well, Squeaky the Cat has been well looked after by Fatima, my neighbor. Yeah, of course. And when I come back, she always greets me very fondly, but it doesn't last very long. And then she goes back to her usual ways, which is waking me up at five o'clock in the morning to, to demand food. Now, this I feel this is like very typical of a cat. So she wakes me up at five in the morning to demand food. Yep. Because she meows constantly, and if I don't listen, she whacks my face with her paw, and if I still don't listen, she splashes water from the glass beside my bed onto my face. <laughs> so now I literally just get up. I get up and feed her, and then I usually fall back asleep. And then at 7 o'clock, she wakes me up again for, like, breakfast number two, which I feel is rude. And so by then I'm, like, awake. So I get up, give her a breakfast, you know, start my day, and then she goes back to bed. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and sleeps. I read somewhere, I think yesterday, cats sleep 70% of their lives. I think that is probably very, very true. Well, when I left her this morning, she was sitting propped up on all my spangly cushions, looking like a princess. <laughs> she was positioned very artistically, made me laugh. My kitty this morning, I we have an old kitty, but she's a sweetheart, but she does the same thing. If she, It must be if she senses any stirring in the bed there's there's that there that little you know, she scratches at the door pa 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 you know until you get up and uh, i woke up this morning at 3:42 in the morning oh that's insane worrying about cables and i uh so i just had rolled over or something and it, it, instantly there was meow uh, <laughs> go feed me cats. They're very, very clever. Yeah, intelligent really beings. So I went ahead and got up. and So that's why I, I it, when I said, yeah, I've just gotten out of a nap. We got done with rehearsal about uh, 1.30. And uh, I decided that I would take a little nap, which was very much appreciated. Well, quite right. I wish I could have a nap now. But <laughs> anyway. One of the things. Yeah, go ahead. Tell about what's going on there at home. Anything... Um, uh, besides, well, we, we have we have news in the door. Actually, we have we have a pregnancy, oh. um, which is very exciting. It is the cow. All right. So yeah, so we're waiting for her to give birth, and um, at the moment, obviously, her milk's a little bit low, but it will increase when she has a calf. So that's what we're waiting for. And also, one of the cats has got is obviously pregnant with her second litter of kittens. <laughs> so the animals are doing very well at the moment. <laughs> Oh gosh! Did you? Know, and we've another we've, um, little known fact: cows and humans have exactly the same gestational amount of days, two hundred eighty-three oh, days. Oh, just, you? yeah, just in case you needed to know that. I do need to know. Camels are much longer. I can't remember offhand, but they are much longer. <laughs> but um, I guess they're bigger. They're growing something bigger. Um, <laughs> and one of the things that's interesting at the moment is, you know, we. Obviously, our fruits change seasonally. We wear plums, and right. now it's melons, especially more in the south. So on the road, you'll see I've just passed about 10 of them, guys selling the melons from their farms and also figs because figs have just started. And it's really beautiful. So they have the bright yellow melons at top, mm -hmm. and then they have a box underneath, and they have them in strip, like little wooden crates, one filled with green figs, one filled with purple, one with green, one with purple. So they have these beautiful displays. Mm -hmm. And again, on the road, I stopped um, 
I saw a, a young a boy. I mean, he must have been. He was well. He was fourteen because I asked him. Uh, Hussein. So I stopped. I saw he had he, he had his bike and he had just a pile of about ten yellow melons. Mm-hmm. Honeydew. Would they be honeydew melons, I think. I guess. So yeah. <laughs> I stopped to buy a melon to thank Fatima actually for looking after Squeaky, and it was so sweet. So you 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 know you stop the car, just pull it. They, they wave you down, stop the car, and I he brought the melons from his father's farm, and he decided. Oops. And they charged so happy and sweet. You know, his big smile. And of course, first of all, I got to taste a melon. So he cuts into a melon, gives it to me. And then I, I wanted to buy two melons, one for Fatima, one for me. There are only five dirhams each. Well, there are 12 dirhams in a British pound or 10 dirhams in a euro. That is a so very good absolutely price. absolutely nothing. It is. So I gave him a little bit extra. But for that money, you know, he's his father has grown the melons. He mm-hmm. has cycled with the melons and is now standing by the side of the road selling, selling them. The so melons. it gives you an idea. Yeah, so it gives you an idea of how much work people put in to earn a very small amount of money. Uh, yeah, yeah. That uh, farming anywhere is not an easy proposition for uh, staying alive. It's true, but I guess one good thing is that when you've got this kind of internal markets, because obviously these melons are not for export; they're being right. sold in Morocco. Right. Is that things like COVID don't affect it because. People right. are going to buy melons in melon season and figs in fig season. <laughs> and uh, anything else going on there at home rather than new calves, new kittens, more well, melons? That's, that, that's it on the, on the home front. But I've just been into Marrakesh to meet two of my old friends who I, they used to come and help out with the girls at Project Soar. Project Soar is a, um, charity, an association of charity which which aims to inspire young women and girls mm-hmm. to continue their education. And I worked there every Saturday for three years, or every Sunday, I should say, teaching them sport because that was one of their activities. So we would do two hours of sport, one hour with one group of 30 girls and the next hour with the next group of 30 girls, which was like herding cats. But the boys used to come out, boys, the young men, I should say, they're in their 30s, used to come out and volunteer to work with the girls. Of course, the girls loved it because these handsome guys would turn up and help them with, you know, their press-ups. And I just met them because, again, like many young Moroccans, they're seeking their fortune elsewhere. So Faisal has been in America with his wife, Michelle, and he's just become an American citizen. He's a filmmaker. Wow. Um, so he's gone from a Marrakeshi family to studying film at film school wow. in, yeah, in Los Angeles. Made his first short film. You can find him online. And also Khaled, who is living in Poland with his fiance and computer programming there and also designing games in his spare time. So... We we haven't met up for ages because of COVID and everything, right. and they both they both happen to be in Marrakesh at the same time. So we we always used to meet up at Cafe de France, and when the boys lived the boys the men lived here. <laughs> I should really have to watch my language. When the men lived here, they always used to meet up every day four o'clock in Cafe de France, which is the big cafe on Jebel Fanat, the big square in Marrakesh. Mm-hmm. But it's actually been sold. It's being sold. The Moroccan family that have owned it for generations is selling it. So it's on the market if anyone wants to buy an enormous cafe. It's very famous. It was the most famous cafe really in 
in Marrakesh. So I'm hoping it's bought by somebody who maintains that rather than just makes it into some big modern thing. So we met at cafe at the ice cream cafe didn't have an ice cream and we're sitting there and it's really great because I'm hearing all about you know all about their new lives in Poland learning Polish and Faisal you know studying to become an American citizen becoming on passing the test wow. and also graduating from film school in LA and all his plans of how to break into the industry which is you know good for him it's really ambitious because it's such a difficult industry to break into but all it's interesting and there i am who's come the other way if you like so i'm in morocco doing yes. all these things in morocco yes. and we're swapping our tails and we're sitting there drinking our coffee so the boys are drinking nusnus which is half black and half white coffee nusnus means half half and i'm drinking a which is a black coffee and then suddenly a guy on a bicycle drives, we're, we're sitting on the balcony right near the square, so we're right on the, the front of the restaurant. A guy on a bicycle drives up, cycles up, and hands Khaled a brown paper bag, like randomly. And I was like, what's going on? And in the brown paper bag are four chocolate and custard pastries. <laughs> and the, I'm like, what is going on, guys? How have you sorted this out? It's just like bicycle delivery. And in fact, it's a friend of Khaled's who comes to join us. Okay. But they enjoyed themselves massively. What timing, age? You're sitting there and your friend arrives with four big pastries. <laughs> Perfect timing. Well, Alice, we're, um, we're closing in on a little early this week, but it sounds like we've caught up pretty much as, as much as there is to catch up. And you need to get off the side of the road and head on down the road to uh, to Casablanca. I do. I think I think that's it for this week. And if you if you if you need bits more of Morocco, have a look at my TikTok feed. Oh my goodness! Oh, I have my, there it I'm is. To, there it is. Are you no? Hold on. One hundred seventy-five thousand views for one of my videos. Really? Yeah. And that's amazing. Fifteen thousand likes. It's insane. <laughs> it, it, I mean, I I genuinely do not understand the whole TikTok thing but I'm posting away. So if you want to, as I say, most of the videos are in Arabic or in Tashlahit, but you'll get the right. gist. They're very simple. It's only 15 seconds. <laughs> and that's Alice out there one or always buy a book. Couldn't they bake? Anyone who's yeah, listening. And they could buy it from a best-selling author. A best-selling author, that amazing Alice Morrison. She is a best-selling <laughs> author. And she, she would like to be a best-selling author again, especially since the ceiling on one of her flats in, or her flat in, Edinburgh has just collapsed. No, really? Yes, but yes, that has nothing to do with this podcast. So let's. I know, that. I know, I know, but that's too bad. <laughs> it really is too bad. <laughs> all right, Alice. Um, I'll post all of the uh, the places they can you can be seen on social media, along with the show notes. Fabulous. And uh, yeah, and we'll talk in two weeks. Looking forward to it. All right. Okay. Bye bye. Take care. Bye. bye.